Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we're all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning, everyone. Good to see you. Quiet, quiet. You got extra sleep? You should be. Hey, welcome to Centerpoint. If it's your first time here, I want to say thanks for coming. I'm John. I'm lead pastor here. And this is the third week of a series on prayer called Signal Strength. So I'm eager to dive into it. And I I pray God would speak to each one of us and that we would catch his heart through his word. So uh, let's just ask him to speak to us. God, I pray that you would speak in and through your word today. I pray, Father, your blessing over this time. I take authority over it in Jesus' name, and I believe, God, for your goodness to be manifest even right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, I saw a meme on social media this week. It popped up on my screen, and it, it was a picture of a shed, and it said, this is my Christmas tree. It's in the shed because it's November. Like, that was the statement somebody wanted to make out there in the world. I looked at that and I thought, huh, that's, that's funny because at my house, I got all my Christmas decorations out already and I put the lights on the house completely. It's done as of yesterday. I did it. I did that. There's like four people clapping. The rest of you are looking at me like, what? Yes, I'm an early riser and, and I guess a, an overachiever or something. But you know what? Here, here's the deal. So for the last six weeks, my neighbors across the street, they've had their Halloween decorations out. And they had these 10 feet tall demonic skeletons and werewolves, literally. You know the ones they sell at Home Depot. And so every single morning, I've been coming out the last six weeks. I walk out, oh, good day. Ah, ah, it has like a speaker and it's motion activated. (laughs) Every day, that was my greeting. And so I put my Christmas lights up. I'm not saying it was payback. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I got my Christmas lights up early this year. And uh, okay, so I put my Christmas lights up. And while I was putting them up on the roof. I've truly had a a good time of prayer. I mean, I'm putting the lights up and I'm praying and I'm thanking Jesus for who he is, the light of the world and what that means to me. And and I'm going up and down the ladders and I'm praying, God, help me to stay safe on these ladders way up here at the top. And and I'm having a true connection with Jesus, praying and and I'm I'm feeling the Christmas spirit. You know what I'm talking about? And and, uh, then I noticed that the lawn needed to be mowed. And here's the deal. Now my sons are gone and so I can't make them do it. And I had to go mow the lawn. So I just quickly mowed the lawn. And I just wanted to be real quick about it. And there's this one thing where there's this sprinkler head that sticks up. And I had always told my son, don't mow there. you got to use the trimmer on that area. But I was just like, I just got to get this done. I can lift it just right. I think I can lift it just right. And I mowed right over that sprinkler head. And before you know it, boom, this thing, it's exploded. Plastic and springs are flying everywhere. And the sprinkler head's bust completely. And you know that feeling, like that sinking feeling, like there goes another hour, right? Like I foresee two trips to Lowe's in my near future, right? Like, and, and, and then the next thing I know, I'm like elbow deep in the mud and the dirt, digging out the rocks and the pebbles, trying to get down to the pipes. And, and I'm saying like, stupid sprinkler, dumb sprinkler. And, I, and then I become aware. I feel like Jesus you know, is still with me, you know? And uh, I feel like he's still present and like he's almost like speaking to me going, so what happened to that Christmas spirit? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm dumb in that dirt, like dumb sprinkler. And I feel like Jesus was kind of like, dumb sprinkler? Who was pushing the lawnmower? Anyway, I did truly have like a close time with Jesus while I was doing all this work the other day. 
and, and it, was, it was an important thing, and I, I wanted to share this with you, that I, I felt that I was having a, a close and good time with Jesus when I was on the top of the world, or at least on the top of my house, and, 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 and putting in the lights, and, and I also had a close experience with Jesus when I was literally down in the mud, in, in the dirt, and it's important for you and I to welcome everything in our connection with Jesus and to live out what we find in the, sh uh, the second shortest verse in the Bible. You ready for the second shortest verse? I want you to just memorize this Bible verse right now. Just say these words, pray continually. Now close your eyes and don't look at the screen and say it again. Ready, go. Ah, you just memorized the Bible verse. There you go. Second Thessalonians 5.17. It's harder to remember the address of this verse than the verse itself. Say it one more time. Pray continually. Pray continually. We get the privilege of being able to live this out, being called by God to live this verse out. And I, I want to share with you uh, that it's a, it's a joy to actually be able to live this word out, to be able to recognize in every moment that my God is present, that Jesus has said, I'm, I'm never going to leave you. I'll never forsake you. And so I'm going to be with you when you're, when you're at, at the high water mark and everything's going great. And I'm going to be with you when you're down in the dumps and, and in the mud. I'm there. I'm with you. And I want to build a life where I am connecting with him, I am praying, I am seeking him, whether it's going amazing or as challenging as ever. And that's what I get the privilege of being able to do. And so we're going to spend a little bit of time today in Luke chapter 11, and I want you to make your way over to Luke chapter 11 right now. Open your Bible, or at least your Bible app, to Luke uh, 11. As you turn there, here's what's happening. Jesus is doing what he does, which is... Uh, often recorded throughout the New Testament and the Gospels. He's praying. And that's what will jump out at you in the very first verse we're about to read. He's praying. And, and I want you to just think about this for a minute. Jesus is praying. Just think about it. Jesus is praying. What is that, what is that like when Jesus prays? And maybe for some of us, we're thinking, as we're kind of considering it a little bit, why, why would Jesus need to pray? Isn't he God in the flesh? And the answer is yes, he is God in the flesh, but he's fully God and fully human. And so often in the scriptures, what we find is Jesus living out of his humanity to give you and me a picture of what a fully redeemed humanity can look like. And Jesus prays because he's demonstrating to you and me what, what a, a whole and fully formed human really needs, which is connection with God. And so we're going to jump right into this text, but before we do, somebody first just say amen. 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 Okay, in Luke chapter 11, here we go. Luke 11, 1. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, let me, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one on the inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are in bed. I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up, and give you the bread because of friendship. Yet, 
Because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your sons asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give your good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Everybody say, how much more? How much more? Okay, so this is Jesus teaching on, on prayer. But what I want to just start in is that very last phrase where obviously Jesus tells this crazy story that, that, it, it, that seems like a, a, a guy who's inconveniencing the neighbor, but Jesus says, listen, even that guy would answer, how much more will your heavenly father answer you? Everybody say it again, how much more? What I want to invite you to today is to an understanding of who God is as a how much more kind of God, because I believe that's what Jesus is inviting us into in the story that he tells and in the upshot that Jesus drives us to at the end, how much more? How much more, as you pray, would God not give you the support you need? How much more would God give you wisdom when you're wondering what to do? How much more would God give you the provision that you're in need of to make ends meet? How much more would God deliver you from demonic affliction? How much more would God bring comfort to you when you're in a moment of distress? How much more would God come alongside you and stand with you so that you would know that you're supported? Somebody say, how much more? I believe that this is what's on the heart of Jesus, to invite you and me, any disciples of his who want to know, how, how do I pray to know first and foremost the nature and character of God? Yeah. Do you see it? Yes. That that's what Jesus is really inviting you and me into is to an appropriate and accurate understanding of who God is. He's a how much more kind of God. Yeah. He's a how much more kind of God when you're wondering how you're going to make it. How much more will he help you to? He's a how much more kind of a God to give you support and power to push through when you need to. He's a how much more kind of God. How much more would he not touch your body and bring his healing to you? How much more would he not pour out what, what you need in your life? Just say it. How much more? I think Jesus wants you and me to have a right view of God in mind as we pray. First and foremost. And so he tells us what we call the Lord's Prayer. And man, we, we spent a lot of time on that three weeks ago. And we could dive through all of the, uh, the details of that Lord's Prayer, but, but we come daily and express our dependence on God and our adoration for God. I mean, that's, that's the upshot of it. And, and I want to urge you, if you haven't begun to yet, to be the kind of woman, the kind of man who does that who daily comes into the presence of God, expressing your adoration for him and your need for him. What I'm asking you to do in this series, Signal Strength, is to be people who, who raise your signal strength, who actually do what you need to do to be in the position where you can be connecting with God more. And, I, and I'm urging you to do it. Jesus tells this, uh, this group of disciples, okay, you want to know how to pray? I'll tell you. Our father our goes through that. They tell us the crazy story, crazy story about a neighbor coming in the middle of the night, asking for food, and then he sums it up. And let me just jump right into that. 
It, it, the summing up comes in verse 9. Jesus says this. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I want you to read verse 10 out loud, nice and strong. Go. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. <laughs> so Jesus, teaching on prayer, tells this crazy story comparing the, this neighbor who's coming and asking for three loaves of bread in the middle of the night to you and your life of prayer. And Jesus kind of indicates by virtue of the story he tells, why don't you be a little bit like that? Be a little like that. The guy who came with something very specific, three, I need three loaves of bread. Not two, not one, three. And I need them now. Yep, it's midnight. I need them now. <laughs> and Jesus tells this crazy story, but he's inviting you to be a bit like that in your pursuit of God as you pray. Let me just ask, if there were to be a test right now where Jesus, well, he's not doing this, but if he were to just say, how are you doing with that? Are you like that? Would it be true about you? Or not? And if not, then I'm just saying, let's just step it up. Let's just be the people who come and ask. Because what we just read in the summary from Jesus is whoever asks, receives. And whoever seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. This is Jesus. He's putting something out there. And it just kind of hangs out there in all time and space and eternity. This powerful principle of the kingdom of God is ask, receive. Seek and find. Knock, it's open. But I want you to know this. In, in, in all of the, the synoptic gospels, that's all the gospels except for John, this is recorded, this moment where Jesus brought this teaching. And the emphasis of these words, ask, seek, knock, it's placed in a future participle, meaning it's an ongoing action. Like, you could actually translate these words, keep on asking, keep on seeking, keep on, and don't quit. And, and I'm telling you today, it's time for you to grab hold of this eternal, powerful principle from Jesus and to keep on doing your asking, and to keep on seeking, and to keep on and to keep on seeing that door open as you knock. And, and so let's just break into this for a little bit together. What if asking, seeking, knocking, what if each of these could represent to us a, a different posture or experience of, of praying? I wonder if we could see a little bit of depth into what Jesus actually gave us, if we would just think about it that way for a few minutes together. And so I want us to explore it that way. And I want us to receive the invitation from Jesus to be a bit like that neighbor that came in the middle of the night and not feel bad about it. And to never feel like, man, I just want to bother God with my little, my little thing. No, Jesus said, this is my principle. You, you keep asking, you keep seeking, you keep knocking. So I want to say, okay, then what, what does that really look like, Jesus? What does it really mean? If I actually am really asking the way you're talking about, what, what do I do with all of that? How does it work? And, and I want to I start here. Pray and ask for what you think you need. Okay, this is just 
Basic, isn't it? But pray and ask for what you think you need. Why don't you say it with me out loud? Ready, go. Pray and ask for what you think you need. You may know exactly what you need, but maybe you just think you need that and you're not sure, but pray for what you think you need. Ask for what you think you need. I know it sounds obvious, but nevertheless, Jesus, when teaching on prayer, needed to state the obvious. You ought to ask for what you think you need. Do you know what it does when you put yourself in the posture where you have to ask, where, uh, ask for what you think you need? It allows your own soul to become more in tune with just how totally dependent on God you actually are. And when you discipline yourself to humble yourself to ask him for what you think you need, you are recognizing who he is as the source of absolutely everything. And it has the effect of actually relieving pressure off of you. Ah, I'm not the one who makes everything happen. I'm asking you, God. I'm asking you. And, and, and I wonder if maybe sometimes there are blessings and goodness from God that, that we don't experience and receive because we haven't even asked for it. Sometimes that may in fact be the case. Do you know what this is what the scripture says in James chapter 4, verse 2? It says, you have not because you ask not, or you do not have because you do not ask God. Say that one with me out loud. Ready? Go. You do not have because you do not ask God. And J James is speaking forth the heart of God that we would be those who would pray and ask for what we think we need. It's what we're made for. So my son, uh, my son Noah is up in Santa Barbara, and he's attending Santa Barbara City College and living on his own up there. And he cannot afford to live on his own up there. So we made a little deal before he went up there to go to college up there that, that, uh, that, that we would help him. And that we put a, a, a complete budget together, the food, the insurance, the uh, spending money, and, and all the rest, and the rent. And this is how much he's got to do, and this is how much I've got to bring to the table every month. And I said, son, I'm willing to do that. I'm going to do that for you, but I want you to ask me. Every month on the, on the 29th, right before the rent is due, I want you to that you forward me a, a copy of the bill and ask me, and ask me for the amount that you need, and then I'm going to give it to you. And the first month came, and it's like the 27th, 28th, I'm not hearing anything from him, the 29th, and I'm like, doesn't he need my money? <laughs> Come on. Anybody who's a parent, you know. It, it, it's real. And, and, and I, I prompted him. I texted him. Hey. Your rent's due in a day. You might want to ask me for the money so that you can pay it. Because I set it up that way. I would give him the money. Then he would pay the rent with, with the balance that he also has. Why? Because I'm wanting to teach him how to be responsible. I'm wanting him to understand what it means to feel the weight of, here's my rent, and i got to pay it. And yes, as his father, I'm the backstop, and I'm willing. I want to give to him. But I want him to ask because I want him to know that I love him and, and not take it for granted. And I want him to actually uh, develop the discipline of knowing who, who, where the source is and doing what he, his part is to, to get what he needs. Do you see what I'm saying? And in a, in a kind of a similar way, I, like Jesus is saying, look, when you come to your heavenly father, ask. Ask. Don't assume. Just ask. Ask for what you think that you need. John 14 Verse 13 and following, it says this. It says, Jesus is speaking and says, let's talk more about prayer. You can ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Read verse 14 with me. Ready? Go. Yes, 
Ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Woo! Wow. Man, those are some big words, Jesus. He just hung them out there. Ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Did you hear what I just did? Ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I might find myself thinking about what I, what I need, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to ask you. You said I could ask for anything. I would like that beach mansion in Maui, Jesus. <laughs> Remember the one that I saw like four years ago when I was on a vacation? That one. Yeah, that one. I'm thinking of it right now. <laughs> I asked for it in your name, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. I, I, except I don't know if that is what it really means. Uh, to ask in the name of Jesus means to ask in a way that is in keeping with the nature and character of who he is. So beach house on Maui, I don't know. I'm talking to the one who said, you know, foxes have dens, but the son of man has nowhere to even lay his head. And the, the son of God who, who did not equate his equality with God as something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. <laughs> so I don't know if that quite lines up. Do you see what I'm saying? Yesterday, I saw that the lottery hit uh, $2 billion. I bought a ticket. I just have to say, I bought a ticket. <laughs> and I bought that ticket, and then I said, Jesus, would you let me win? I'm asking in Jesus' name, amen. I, I promise, if you let me win, I will tithe on that. Do you know how much that tithe will be, Jesus? <laughs> I checked this morning. I did not win. Yeah, yeah. Why, why do we sometimes do this? I, you know, I think it's because we, we hear the words of Jesus, but... But we, we are growing in understanding just what it means to ask something in his name. It t- it's an, there's an art to this. Sometimes I think I'm asking for something in his name that would be in keeping with his nature and character, but maybe, maybe not. Maybe there's more than I can possibly see right now. And sometimes I'm, 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 asking, I'm asking for what I think I need, and I do think it is something that is in the name of Jesus. Like, I'm asking for no car accident, or I'm asking for that for illness to, to be healed. And, and then as I'm asking, a car accident happens anyway, and then that illness persists, and then uh, they die. What happened? What happened? What happened, Jesus? And, and I ask for what I think I need, and then sometimes what I need to do next is I need to seek. I need to seek, I need to pray and seek God for a deeper revelation. And that's the second part of this cycle. I want to pray and seek a deeper revelation from God. Capital G, God, next time. We'll get that right. Capital G. Seek God for a deeper revelation. Would you say this with me? Ready, go. Pray and seek a deeper revelation from God. This is what we sometimes need very much. We ask, and we're not seeing it, but we walk by faith, not by sight. So even though I didn't see it, doesn't mean it isn't, it isn't going to still be in process. But what I need to do next is I need to seek a deeper revelation from God. I need to come to a place where I say, God, what are you doing behind the scenes? Is there some way you are working that I can't quite uh, see that goes beyond the parameters of my personal vision? God, is there a way that you are doing something that that is in the spiritual realm that I can't quite see? And I need to seek God for a deeper revelation sometimes, like the Apostle Paul did. So the Apostle Paul, whose writings are in the Bible that you hold in your hand, 
he has this moment recorded in 2 Corinthians 12, 6 and 8, where, where he's asking God again and again and again to take away the thorn in the flesh that he's struggling with. Whatever that was, we're not quite sure. But he's asking again and again and again for it to be uh, healed or taken away. And it doesn't happen. And so the Apostle Paul begins seeking for a deeper revelation from God. And he experiences something profound. God begins speaking to him and speaking about something that goes beyond his understanding. He says, this thing that's happening in your life, I'll let you know something. It's from the enemy. It's from the devil. You're right about that. But I'm not removing it because this thing, I'm working through it to, to, to conquer arrogance and pride in your life. And you didn't even know how bad that needs to happen, but it does. And this is serving my purpose to do that. And even more than that, Paul, this thorn in the flesh that you're asking me to get rid of, it's actually the thing that drives you to a place of desperation where you can experience that my grace really is better than anything. And that matters more to me for you than you experiencing relief from this thing. It's crazy, right? But Paul gets a deeper revelation from God. As he's seeking that deeper revelation, it, it, it brings a sense of satisfaction. He probably still wished that that thorn in the flesh would get taken away, but he's gained a, a perspective that he didn't have before about ways God was working in the unseen spiritual realm, and that matters. It's what we need to sometimes experience. Jer in Jeremiah 33.3, he says this. He says, call to me. And I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. And it's in your, 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 your asking, but then moving towards seeking that you get some of this. And, and it's, it's crucial. It's so crucial that we do it because otherwise this is what can sometimes happen. We can be in a place where we're praying and we're asking and we're not seeing. And then we get offended. Spiritually offended with God. Yeah. Jesus, you said, ask anything in your name, and you would do it, and you didn't do this. And I think it was a pretty naturally good thing that I was asking for. I don't even understand why you didn't. And then we move into a place of disbelief yeah. out of our offendedness with God. And that's dangerous because that compromises our capacity for faith in who God is and what he can do. And so when I'm asking and I'm not seeing what I'm asking for come to pass, I need to press into seeking and seeking a deeper revelation from God. God, what are you doing? Maybe God wants to reveal something to you like he revealed to Daniel, Daniel chapter 10. Daniel, noble, righteous Daniel, he, he's crying out to God for something of deliverance and it doesn't happen. And, and man, if it was somebody worthy in the Old Testament, Daniel would be it. And he's asking, and he's not seeing it, but he presses in. He seeks a deeper revelation from God. And in Daniel 10, the revelation comes. Daniel, the moment you started praying, your prayers were heard in heaven. But there's been intense spiritual warfare, is what this angel, this angelic messenger says. There's been demons over Persia that have been keeping the answer from getting to you. But Daniel got that deeper revelation as he was seeking that deeper revelation from God. And you and I, we, we, that's just two examples, but we need to do likewise. We need to ask, yes. And then when, when we walk by faith and not by sight and we don't see what, what, what we're asking for come to pass, we need to seek the Lord himself. And as we seek him, 
we will find him. That's the promise of the word of God. And sometimes we, we need to be able to, uh, to come, come to a place of, of humility before God, to seek him in the middle of our not knowing. Uh, my personal journey includes a lot of this, I'll tell you that. I, I, I you know, for almost 30 years now struggling with this uh, persistent uh, physical condition and eight surgeries and proton radiation therapy years later for, for so many operations dealing with tumors in my body, I can tell you that there, there's a desperation that can emerge when you're dealing with chronic pain and you're asking and you're not seeing. And what we do next really matters. And what we do next is crucial. I cannot allow myself to say, well, I'm not seeing it, therefore, God, you're letting me down, and I'm, I'm disappointed. No, no, no. Instead, I'm going to say, well, I live by faith and not by sight, and I'm not seeing it yet, but I'm going to keep pressing in for you, God, and I'm going to seek an understanding of what you're doing behind the scenes. And so for me personally, it looks like daily sometimes in the midst of a lot of pain and crying out, God, what are you doing? And I hear the Lord speaking to me, bringing a, a, a revelation from a deep place, God speaking to me, saying, this pain that you deal with and all of these things, in the, it's creating, I'm creating in you a capacity for compassion and empathy that you wouldn't have had otherwise. And, and God's speaking to me, saying, hasn't this brought you in desperation to the foot of the cross where I have met you with my comfort? And how would you know me as the comforter if there were any, weren't anything that you needed comfort from? And it's like the Lord speaking to me from a deep place saying, hasn't you walking with this illness provoked you to want to pray for healing for other people? And it does. It has that effect. I find myself uh, wanting to pray for healing for people. Why? Because I wish sometimes I might be the person sitting in the crowd and some crazy preacher starts going, oh, I have a word of knowledge for someone with schwannomatosis. Anybody? 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 There's never going to be. I would be the only one. It's like one of those very rare things. But man, I, 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 I want that for others. And so I do that. But it's my own journey of seeking the deeper revelation from the Lord about what's going on with me that pushes me to a place of saying, yes, I will, I will intercede and seek healing for as many others as possible. Call to him, and he will answer you. Seek him while, while he's near. And then after you seek him, sometimes you just need to knock. You just need to knock on the door of heaven and go on it. Knock. Pray and knock on the door of heaven and go on in. Pray and knock on the door of heaven and go on in. Why don't you say this with me? Pray and knock on the door of heaven and go in. Really, go in. Because there are times when we're asking and, and, and we are seeing or we're asking and we're not, but then we seek the, the deeper revelation from God. But then there's a place of, of desire and desperation where understanding mysteries isn't even enough. God, I just need you. And so then we knock on the door. And Jesus said this in John 10, 9. Jesus said... I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Listen, Jesus himself is the door, and he's opened up a way for you and I for access to what is available to us for all eternity, which is the throne room of God. And Jesus has opened up that door, and his vision is that we would go in and out, in and out. Th that is, in this life, 
as I find myself in places of desperation, I don't just settle for that and sulk in it. I take an opportunity to move through the access point of Jesus himself, and I come in, into the very throne room of God, into the presence of God. Jesus, Jesus made that access available. In Ephesians 2, 6, it says, and God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. That's your reality, even right now, seated with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's it's available to you and me, right in this very moment, an experience of, of, of that prophetic reality, but we need to be willing to go there, be willing to go there, to take some time as you pray to not only ask here's all the things I'm hoping for and I need. Not just the, I'd really like to understand a little bit more revelation and mystery, but to press in. What I need more than anything is you, God. And I'm coming into the throne room. And Hebrews 4.16 says, therefore, let us come boldly before the throne of our gracious God, that we may find grace and mercy to help us in our time of need. That, That, You get to do that. You get to knock on the door and go on in. Are you you doing it? You need this more than you know. And it's not just for a few mystical types. It's for any follower of Jesus who would hear his cry from all eternity, ask, seek, knock. And the one who asks will receive. And the one who seeks will And for the one who knocks, the door will be ask, seek, knock. Be that kind of woman. Be that kind of man. Spiritually alive, full of an awareness of exactly what Jesus was inviting you into. And yes, Jesus told a crazy story about a person who seemed to be out of their mind, coming in the middle of the night, bothering the neighbor. And Jesus said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could be kind of like that. It's all right. When you pray, go for it. And don't stop. And and understand what, in the end, Jesus wanted you to catch a vision for, which is a vision of who God really is, as a how much more kind of God. How much more. Don't quit your asking. Keep on seeking and knock and go in all the more. This is what some of us need more than anything. By the way, if you would spend a little bit of time, not just laying up your laundry list, and not just even contemplating some of the deep things God would want to reveal to you, but if you would actually do what I'm talking about and bum rush the throne room of God for a little bit, spend a little bit of time at his feet, imagine it. You're at the feet of, of your heavenly father, and he's reaching out, and he's just touching you, and his goodness and his mercy and his love are just flowing into you. And you're just feeling the refreshing and the calming and the help and the supporting that you really need just flowing into because of his touch. And, and you just kind of bury your feet there. <laughs> you're, you're facing his feet almost. And, and, and then you hear something and you kind of look up behind you. You would notice something. You would notice in the throne room of God, you're not the only one there. And it says in the scriptures, it describes this moment that we sometimes refer to as the end of days or 
Jesus referred to also as the renewal of all things. And it's this moment that's recorded in Revelation 5 where it says that the Lamb of God, the only worthy one, Jesus, the Lamb of God, he takes the scroll that signifies those end days. And, and he takes the scroll and something happens. It's in Revelation 5, 8. It says this. It says that when he, heard, when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. And each one had a harp and they were holding golden bowls full of incense which are the prayers of God's people. Your prayers are not forgotten. In a way that transcends human comprehension, all of the prayers of God's people, of all of us, become something like incense carried in the bowls of the 24 elders in heaven, never forgotten, held onto the answer, yet awaiting its manifestation. And in the end, those bowls get poured out on the earth, and the answer from God is on the way. And, and this moment that's recorded that the prayers of God's people, like incense in those bowls, incense because something's burning. The heart of faith is alive with the fire of God, and therefore the prayers become something like incense kept in the bowls of the 24 elders in heaven. All that to say, God's holding on to your prayers, and they're not forgotten. And the way he answers may be literally out of this world. Maybe, just maybe, he has a purview that goes a bit beyond yours. And maybe, just maybe, you're going to see his goodness in a way that you couldn't have even known to ask for. So I want to just wrap up with this. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Why don't you say that verse with me out loud? Ready? Go. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus. The, the last phrase, in Christ Jesus, I want us to just think about together for a minute. There is no greater answered prayer than the one that comes when you asked for the very first time, Jesus Christ, would you forgive my sins? That prayer, he has answered with a resounding and eternal yes. Jesus Christ, will you forgive my sins? And his answer is yes. And from that moment on, you have been someone who is in Christ. You're not in your sin. You're not in your shame. You're not in your lack. You're not in your depravity. You're in Christ. That is a good place to be. And whatever other prayer I pray, I come to, to, to the Lord from that place where I'm in Christ. And, and so everything else is extra. But this, this prayer, I, I want to ask, uh, maybe uh, for some of you today, you need to, to ask Jesus to do that, to pray in that way and say, Jesus Christ, would you forgive my sin and save my life? His answer for you is yes. Nevertheless, he says, but ask. 
like a father who would say, I'm going to help you pay the tuition. I, I'm going to give you the money for it, but I want you to ask. In this moment, for somebody, this is time for you to ask. Ask Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and save your life. Your alternative is to carry around your sin and your shame and your guilt your whole life and, and, and let it weigh you down now and for all eternity. Why? Why not receive his forgiveness? Let's pray together. Father, I pray that even right now you would come with your power and you would allow some of us to receive the forgiveness of our sins right in this moment. Father, I pray that you would cause some of us to become aware right now of how much we need Jesus and the gift of salvation. While we're praying together, if you're sitting here and you're saying, I think I need that. I need to ask Jesus to forgive my sin, save my life. If you know that, if you're sitting here thinking, I, I want to pray that prayer. I want to ask Jesus to forgive me and save me. And you're ready. You're ready to start a life with Jesus, asking for his gift of salvation. Right now, I want you to raise your hand. If you would say, yes, I want to ask Jesus to forgive my sin and save my life, I need you to raise your hand with me really high, whether you're sitting outside or way up in the back, in the back, in the middle, I see you. Keep it up for a moment. If there's anyone else, I want to make sure I don't miss you. I see you right over here in the middle. Anyone else? I, in, in my left in the back, I see you. That's great. And my left over in the way left back. Thank you. Does anyone else just, this is your moment. This is it. Like, this is the time in your life to finally say, Jesus Christ, would you forgive my sin and save my life? And join me and ask him. Would you right now just say, Jesus Christ, would you forgive my sin? I'm asking you to forgive my sin and save my life. Ask him. Say it with me. Jesus Christ, would you forgive my sin and save my life? Ask him to do it. And his answer is, from all eternity, yes. Look no further than the cross. It's done. It's paid for. So right now, would you just simply say, then, Jesus, I give you my life. I'm yours. Thank you, Father, for the gift of salvation. I receive it. I receive it. You can put your hand down. Those of you who just uh, prayed to ask Jesus to forgive your sin and save your life, our ministry team is going to kind of try to find you right now. We'd like to give you a Bible, help you get connected so you can grow. And I'd like us to take a moment and, and pray together. We, we have some important things happening in our country this week. I think it would be right for us to, as a body of believers just pray over that. I know we're a mixed group of people in this room and not everybody sees everything the same way, but I think all of us could agree at least that we want to see God's hand on our nation, that we want to see God's hand on our leaders, that we want to see God's hand in the laws that we approve or not. And while there are a lot of things that I would say, you know what, I'll, I'll just be, let, let the Lord speak to you about it. There's one, though, that I, I cannot be quiet about, and that's Proposition 1 that is about abortion up till the point of birth. No. And, and I want to ask you to please, I want to urge you to please pray whether, uh, whether God's heart would be for that to be enacted or not. I firmly believe it's not. I firmly believe that God's heart is for us to do what we can to protect the babies. Mercy and forgiveness and grace for everyone who's ever experienced abortion. But, but, but on, on this side of things, to say, if we can, let's do what we can to protect those babies. And I just believe we should pray for that. You can join me if you'd like to. But let's take a moment and pray together. Father, we want to pray for our country. We pray for uh, this coming week. And, and God, that your goodness would prevail, that your hand would be on the outcome of the elections. And God, that you would be the one that is ultimately, as your word says, raising leaders up. And we pray, Father, for your kingdom to come in regards to how uh, laws are enacted in our nation. Lord, we pray for 
yeah, for peace and a positive outcome, but specifically, God, for your spirit to be at work. God, we pray that uh, the economic outcomes that happen in our nation, Lord God, that your hand would be on what's going on now and the things that we're voting and choosing. God, give us wisdom to actually think about it before doing it and to understand what's at stake. God, I pray that you would cause many of us to feel a sense of desire to be engaged, maybe like we've never been before. God, that we wouldn't ignore it and figure this is somebody else's problem to vote for things, but God, that you would work through us to bring about goodness in our land, goodness in our own nation, goodness in our county, goodness in our state. God, we're asking for your kingdom to come. And Lord, I pray uh, specifically uh, for hearts to be turned towards you with regards to, uh, to babies. And I pray for protection of, of life in what we do with our laws. Help, Lord, help, Lord. We believe, God, that your mercy is unfailing, and we're asking God for a demonstration of it. I want you to stand to your feet, church. Let's stand up and we pray together. We honor the Lord together. We give God glory together. Father, we give you first place in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls. And we ask, Lord, for your touch in our physical bodies. So our, our prayer team is going to be coming up to the front right now. And before the song gets loud, let me just say this. If you need somebody to lay hands on you and pray for you, come up to the front. Let us minister to you. For some of you, you, even while you begin walking to the front, you're going to experience a healing touch from Jesus. I believe for that. I believe for that. He's going to do it. We want to honor him, give him glory with our lives. Would you just right now say together, God, I give you glory. Just say it again. God, I give you glory, honor, praise, power, strength is yours. The glory is yours. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. We praise you, Father. We praise you, God. And he shall reign forever. Strongholds now surrender for the Lord. Our God has overcome. Sing this out. 